Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Gareth, Gareth Wax, who has one of the most unique backgrounds as I look at him. And that's, I'm sorry you're not able to see it today and I'll get him to describe it very shortly. But Gareth has owned and managed IT sales, IT software, business support and lead generation businesses. His experience has been in getting prospects to understand your proposition and helping to get you to the close. He's got such a wide variety of life experiences. Actually, we were talking about just before the recording officially started, and I'm sure we're going to bring some of those in today's podcast. But Gareth runs the sales and copywriting side of the business and can work with you, the listeners, to understand the goals and work with you to map and prepare the campaign. And as he said in his um, introduction, in the calendar link as well, uh, self-professed LinkedIn guru as well, and uh, you know uses LinkedIn to get business for himself and for other people. So welcome to today's podcast, Gareth. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, before we get started on the, the, the general uh, stuff, tell the listeners a little bit about that background. And you also told me that you're a hat wearer now. I love wearing hats when I'm out doing the horses or if I'm walking the dogs. I don't wear a hat when I'm out and about socially, but just tell us a little bit about the background first and also the hat. It might help listeners to understand that I live my life by a steampunk-based ethic. Um, if I could describe it, steampunk is like a wide-eyed vi- view to the near, near future, probably a love of cogs, yep. timepieces, uh, goggles, hats. I dress every day as I mean, if you could describe me, I'm wearing at the moment a, a bow tie and a, and a shirt. And I usually wear a waistcoat uh, or yeah. braces and, uh, and uh, I wear a top hat most of the time, but for my business is named purple fedora. And the reason why it's called that okay. is my wife's favorite color is purple and I love wow. hats. So I've got a lovely fedora. And as I just show it to you, there's my purple fedora. Yeah, I can see that, listeners. Yeah, and you've got a um, a purple fedora actually on your background as well, haven't you? Well, so you've you got notice, a physical hat, and you've got it in there as well as a logo. Is it? Well, the logo is the is moustache, which me and my business partner Jason uh, De Jong uh, both have. Uh, we both uh-huh. have beards and moustaches, and right. if you notice, the beard and the moustache and the goatee is ah. in in the logo itself yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the background. Tell us a little bit about the the widey, swirly background that you've got there. Okay, so well, I refer to it as a bit wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, which anybody who's a Whovian into Doctor Who will recognise. And it's just a a surreal version of time spinning away without uh, basically representing the fact that uh, time is the one thing one can do nothing about. And to quote uh, Douglas Adams, time is an illusion. lunchtime doubly so yeah 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 <laughs> I, I noticed last night i got my um 
email notification from Apple or whatever it was on the TV saying that there was a new episode of Doctor Who. I think this weekend that's just come out as well. So I haven't I watched, watched it, it yet. Have I you? I haven't it. seen it yet. So don't do a spoiler alert on me yet. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite intrigued to see how that's going to go. Well, it's it's been an interesting series, but I think uh, the uh, the current writer is, is leaving after this series and uh, is to be replaced by the original writer. So uh, we're ah. going to get some new new focus, I hope. The trouble is most of the... Most of the uh, stories recently have been too safe. You never felt that the Doctor or anybody else was really in, in, in any kind of jeopardy. Yeah. And and to really buy into a story, you need to feel something. Yeah. yeah. And that actually leads me very nicely onto my approach towards LinkedIn and the thing mm, else. Please, yeah. Because I'm sure you've heard almost constantly the cry from people saying, oh, LinkedIn is turning into Facebook. Um. And, and I think that's because people just don't appreciate what the hell's going on. Uh, LinkedIn was a job board. It was, you know, Correct. I've got a job, I need a job, bring the two together. Yep. But th- since something called Creator Mode was put out there, which was a good few months ago, I think eight or nine months, they started pushing it out. And yep. now it's it's almost everywhere. Do you, do you know about Creator Mode? I do, yes. Yeah, yeah I've got right. it switched on on mine, yeah. Yeah, but you, you may not realise you have to do a bit more work now to be able yes, to do yes, recognition. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, people think you switch it on and suddenly everything becomes roses. It doesn't. It just it, LinkedIn then view what you're doing with more scepticism, and they want yeah. to see more content and 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 more ingenuity and more of you. And this is where it drives back to the most effective posts on LinkedIn have personal content but business intent. So Ooh. it's it's okay. it's the whole idea is yes, and you can take that home with you. No, no. Yeah, well, I'm writing that down. Don't worry. Yeah. No, the whole point about it is LinkedIn. This is going to be a shock. So if everybody just holds on to something, because this will be a bit shocking for them. Uh, LinkedIn is not a business-to-business marketing medium. Not. Yeah. It's a person-to-person marketing medium where people happen to be in business. Totally now, agree. Now, do you see what I mean? It sounds like I'm being a pedant, and I really am a pedant. Trust me, I, I really yeah. do call a, a spade a mechanical digging implement. But the point about it is that if you can affect people viscerally, make them, make them go, oh, they yearn towards something, or they, they, get a, they appreciate something because it hits something personal within them. And I don't mean about what the Kardashians happen to be wearing this week. I mean <laughs> about something about the way in which they deal with people. Yeah. Or their first reaction on so, so the most effective post of all is the gratitude post, and yeah. the gratitude post is you put up a testimonial and react to it and say how it made you feel. Yeah, that is the most honest and real of posts because it's dealing with a real event. Something came in and it made you feel away, and then what you're getting is a secondary reaction from other people going. Yeah, I can see why he or she felt that way. And then the subtext behind that is, wouldn't you like to make them feel that way too? Yeah. So the gratitude post. And what I've done is I've created a cookbook of several hundred different styles of post which do work Uh in the right context. Yeah. So do you think there is a longing for connection that those kind of posts bridge that, that gap? between people being connected because 
Yeah, I completely agree with you about feelings. And we like to connect with feelings. We like to connect with people who have feelings, um, authentic feelings. As you mentioned, a particular family who uh, I won't name in case they ever want to sponsor this podcast. But uh, <laughs> you never know, do you? Sorry, Sorry involuntary <laughs> laugh there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, that we, have, we all have this human want and need to connect, don't we? And you're absolutely right. You know, I think all the platforms at the end of the day are, are people to people because that's who we want to connect with, isn't it? Yeah, another person, another human. But you see, that it's the difference between writing a post in the third person, which makes the reader feel physically removed from it, and yeah. writing the post in the second or the first person where they feel like they might be involved. It, yeah. it's, it, it, you see, you could write about an event, a purpose, an ideal in, in, the, in the first person and make, yeah. it feel, make it feel living, make it feel like it has some sort of life to it. Whereas yeah. if you're just writing it like you're this reporter notes that X, Y, and Z, then you, you, you just feel like you're looking at something through a window. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, we're way off topic now of uh, tea and coffee and what have you. We'll come back to that in a moment. But it, it's interesting because, you know, my background is... I do love is, coffee, though. Yeah, I yeah, that's okay. Coffee. So my background is in construction and, you know, I, I'm a quantity surveyor by profession. And I was taught how to write very, very contractual letters. So I spent 20 years of my working life writing things like, I write further to, we this, we that, you know, very formal letters. And when I became a coach, I found that so difficult because I suddenly had to stop putting we and this formality of further to this or following this to actually I. And it, for some people, it's very hard to put the I into their communications, isn't it? Because at some point, we've probably not been taught that that's the right thing to do. Certainly my generation, you know, I'm mid-50s, it was all about the we. Yeah, it was all about that third-party context. Is that something you see as well, particularly on, on LinkedIn and social media? Well, we say try not to we all over, all over your content. Yeah. Uh, purely because it's removing you from the mix. Yeah. And it, by the way, that is quite different from saying my team and I which sounds like it might be replaced by a we, but it's don't. We're actually yeah. saying there's this bunch of people, and, and the ideal is to say this bunch of people who have your best interests at heart. The most important thing you can be doing, if I, if I can drag us kicking and screaming back towards LinkedIn, yeah. is, is to ensure that the reader ends up with the notion that we represent a safe pair of hands, when, yeah. whatever industry sector we happen to be in. Yeah. And the only way they're going to feel that is a mixture of knowledge and and personal reaction. Yeah. So the knowledge is going to is going to say this reassures me that he knows what, or, or she knows what they're talking about. And the personal reaction is going to be and this is how they dealt with it. Oh, yeah, I can see myself in that picture, too. Yeah. If they can feel convinced that you're capable and you've had the experience that will enable them to hopefully not take the same pitfalls as perhaps others have done, yeah. then they're far more likely to work with you. But they're only going to get that through a personality-based post sure. rather than just a factual one. 
and and that's so so true and we'll come back to to that in a minute uh in, in a bit more detail i think and hopefully sure. you're going to share some of your experience and some tips with listeners as well absolutely but i know at the moment you're not drinking coffee you're drinking tea yes indeed but you did say you love coffee so you give oh, us a little bit of an coffee. insight there so tell us a little bit first of all about the tea drinking and then tell us about the coffee that you love as well so tea drinking i see as almost a comforting thing and i think that's from my childhood uh, a cup of tea always made me feel rooted and and comforted i see coffee i see as more of a connoisseur type thing whereby i i don't yeah. drink common garden coffee i've i've identified it i was very lucky to have spent a good number of years living in richmond and there's a shop down a tiny little alley called rosie and java and rosie and java tiny little thing has hundreds of coffees there and they invite you to to smell and and play with the aromas and the guy there you just say to him i want something chocolatey with a round finish i want it to be powerful enough caffeine to keep me awake during the day and he'll find something to fit to to fit and my wife and i did exactly that and he came away with something called kenyan pea berry and i recommend anyone try it it's quite different kenyan pea berry unbelievable it's wow. it's not it's not a heavy duty coffee but it's delicious and yeah. it, it it i always feel pepped up after it without yeah. being you know that's caffeine on the nails kind yeah. of thing. It's, it's 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 lovely stuff yeah you see that's interesting i mean i, I live in a, a town uh, a very beautiful market town uh, called newark and if anybody listening to this knows of that town and knows of any such like sort of coffee shop I've searched and I've not found anything in or around Newark. I know I probably can if I go to Lincoln, and Lincoln City's probably got some. Um, but yeah, if anybody knows anywhere around Newark where you can get a shop like Gareth's just been describing, then please let me know because I'd love to find somewhere. They, they like also that. do teas as well. And I went through the same process with the teas and I ended up still liking uh, PG. And I know yeah. probably some people are swearing at, at the set even <laughs> as they listen to it now. But I, 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 I wanted that comfort feeling. And I, I always had PG when I was a kid, and so I've stuck with it. But yeah. with the coffee, I don't mind exploring. And at the moment, yeah. Ken and Peaberry is, is, is yeah. it. I've tried lots of others. And, and how do you take it? I know this is well, probably going to be a very awkward question to somebody who's just giving a description about how they look at their coffee, but just give the listeners an idea of, of how you well, drink that coffee. I, I percolate it, which is something that's very unpopular since the late 70s. Finding a per- I don't know why. It just produces a, a smoother finish. So I percolate it. Yeah. I, and this shop, Rosie and Java, I, even though I've moved well away from Richmond now, they still, yeah. I still ring them up. They will grind it to the right size granules to fit within that. So they're sending right. bags, yeah. ground for percolation. Um, and uh, I have it with cream and sweetener, yeah. I'm afraid, because I, I'm, a di- okay. uh, ty- I'm a type 2 diabetic. So, um, right. But I have it with cream and sweetener. And right. it, it is, uh, it's, it's a... a, a a, a wonderful way to finish off a meal for me yeah sounds fabulous sounds fabulous so you i gave you some details listener in the introduction to gareth that you know you've been a business uh, owner you've been involved in it and you were telling me some of your checkered story of selling <laughs> cisco systems and selling te- training people to sell cisco systems yes. etc yes. what would you say has been the most significant thing other than something linkedin okay now there's a reason i'm asking that or in your business business 
yeah, anything. What, what's been something significant that's happened to you in recent times? So bear with. Mm. My first ever role was in a touring rock band. And yeah. there was a moment where our manager was useless, uh, terrible. And part of the skill of closing is a mixture of persistence and attitude. And I developed that because I would be talking to hall owners or whatever. Yeah. And most of the time, they would give you a no. Not interested. Don't know who you are. Yes, I know you played over there, but you probably probably not, excuse me, hiccups. You're probably not right for our audience. And it's that persistence and yeah. that ability not just to take no at face value, because often the time was they were too busy to think about it, so I would say no reflexive. That follows into sales. Often when you're dealing with people who are buying large systems and when I was involved in sales to do with Cisco, it used to be about huge core switches costing yeah. upwards of £60,000. Um, and to make that kind of decision, sometimes people would rather not make the decision than make the wrong decision. Yeah. So if you push them too hard, they'd just go, no, I'm just not, not ready to make a decision now. And it was about gentle persistence, building up the relationship very much before relationship re relationship based selling became the vogue as it is now yeah it was all about getting them to the point where they saw you not as the antagonist but as the trusted advisor yeah so when there was when instead of saying um i'm thinking about buying a, a core switch and i suppose i have to ask you for a quote it became um which core switch would you recommend and yeah. you see what I mean? It was a different yeah. type of conversation. Very similar to the coffee shop you were just talking about there. Quite right. And, and I think, you know, there's an element as you were talking now, and listen, I don't know if you picked up this as well, that this is about putting people at ease and allowing them to feel that they're also part of the decision-making process. Exactly so. Yeah, because when, you, when you're trying to be force-sold something, you feel out of control. You feel that it's either a yes or a no. You don't feel that you can contemplate, ask questions. And what you just said, Gareth, to me, is about involving them and getting them to think perhaps this is partly their idea that they're going to buy your product and service as well. Let them have that element of control over that. I'm going to tell you a, a tiny little story. There, mm, the most please. successful uh, salesperson that I ever came across was a lady that was nicknamed Joe the Hutch. Um, her surname was a variation. On That's that. a different story. Yes. <laughs> but do you know what? She was selling Cisco systems. Uh, I think she was selling hundreds, 200,000 pounds worth of Cisco systems at one point over a couple of million. Yeah. She had no technical knowledge whatsoever. She had no really interest in it. She would come in, often put up her Le Bouton shoes on the desk mm. and rifle through her handbag and, and, just muck around with that sort of thing and then maybe write a few emails. The reason why she was so successful was she spent all the time she did spend out in the field building relationships, getting people mm. to buy into her vivacious, upbeat, bouncy, up for it kind of personality. Yeah. So the natural place they would go to to buy something was 
to talk to someone who's going to listen to them and make sure that she had at her elbow the technical staff. She didn't want to be doing the technical but she knew she had a, a team of good technical people who could act as pre-sales for her. The most important thing she had was that relationship. Yeah, and she, so you know what I mean? And she was, she was genius at that. Yeah. And I think this now does tie in with LinkedIn, doesn't it? And what you were saying earlier on, exactly. that it is about building those relationships. And I don't know about you. Um, one of my pet issues with LinkedIn is when I get connection requests. And I get a co- connection request, which seems quite authentic. And the person sends me a connection request. And I connect with them because I think they look a nice person. I've checked out their profile. They look okay. And then as soon as I connect, I get the thanks very much. It's a bit like what you said earlier on. They we all over themselves. We do this. We do that. We do that. If you would like a 30-minute session with me, that's not relationship building, is it? And I often reply back. That's for sales. That's trying to hit the sales button before you even got to the point of even taking them out for a coffee. Yeah. And if anybody listening to this has ever had one of my replies, I make no apology because my reply always is, I prefer to go on a date before somebody asks me to marry them. And I would rather get to know you first before you sell to me. I, between you and me, I don't think it's what they're trying to do is ask you to marry them. I think they're trying to ask you to do something else. <laughs> do you think else. not? <laughs> I think they want to bend you over and do something quite different. Uh, but yeah. let's, not, let's not go there. Yeah. The, the, the point about it is, I actually try and cross-sell. I say, I write, thank you very much for your lovely message, but I'm not sure that you're, prob- you're getting the right sort of response from this kind of messaging. Would you like a session with me so I can explain ah. how to do these kind of messages yeah, in such yeah. a way that you build you build the very beginnings of a half-decent relationship, which will mean that they'll see you as the go-to person to represent this further down the line? Yeah. And, you know, I always take something from podcast uh, episodes, and today I've taken something very important from that because you've just made me realise, Gareth, there, that my responses – aren't the responses that are going to build relationships with people who I don't know who they know. I don't know who they're connected with. I don't know who they are. And they might actually be looking for a coach to help them with their business. Quite so actually my response, I love the way you've responded there because my response severs that relationship there and then. And trust me, I never hear from people again normally. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I think, I think that's such a good way of handling it to cross sell back. Well, uh, I love that. That's definitely, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that and see if that works. That's a great tip for me today. No, not at all. It won't work all the time. It will yeah. work some of the time. And it will work enough of the time to make you think, not only did they get something out of it, but you got something out of it. Yeah. At the yeah. very least, what you're saying is, steady on, fella. Yeah. It's, it's, it's lovely that you're keen to promote your product, your service, whatever it is. Yeah. Before we do that, let's... Let's meet on the let's meet on the on the personality plane. Yeah. Find out who I'm, how I am a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I I get maybe only two in ten responses, but this week, case in point, somebody. This is a class. I don't know if you've received any of these kind of LinkedIn messages. It went like, I've looked at your profile and I can see that you're really interested in fill in blank here, yeah. and <laughs> and on that basis, I wanted to talk to you about our fill in blank here because we think it can improve your fill in blank here it was a almost a boilerplate thing and and uh, it was amusingly and 
you'll understand why in a second, trying to sell me some sort of third-party LinkedIn automated AI-based software, which yeah. I'm personally very against. Uh, because if anybody's read the LinkedIn Terms of Service, and I know most, pe most people haven't, you'll find that they actually explicitly state, do not use automation of any kind. Yeah. And given that there are, what, probably half a billion people now actively using LinkedIn at one time or other, they've made it their mission to try and find who you are and warn you. If they warn you two or three times, they will eventually cut you off with no recourse. Yeah. And I know people it's happened to. You know, I've warned them and I said, this is going to end in tears. So, yeah, so I wrote back to them and saying, um, you obviously haven't read my, my profile. And I would suggest really strongly that you read other people's profiles before you send out this automated outreach. And I tell you what, instead of, there is an alternative way of doing it. If we work together, we can still get, give you the ability to talk to people, but without it being automated and with it being nuanced, which you only really get when there's a human involved. Yeah, I see, yeah. Do you see what I mean? So, yeah, yeah there's no reason why you can't try and cross-sell. Mm, and at the, very, at the very worst... They feel like they have a new string to their bow. And the very best, you get a new client. Yeah, yeah. And two out of ten is two more than I'm getting at the moment as responses to those. <laughs> so uh, that's that's a 20% increase for a start, isn't it? So yeah, uh, I'll, exactly. I'll take that. I'll exactly. take that. So if people want to find out more uh, about Jung, I'm, I've got to ask a question uh, in a moment uh, when, when I've asked this, but uh, I want to find out a little bit more about Steam. Is it, is it Steampunk? Steampunk. Steampunk. Uh, but before that, tell us how people can reach out to you, how they can find out more about you or if there's any way you want to send them to. Well, yeah. OK, so I have a number of different companies, uh, two of which are, into, are hand in glove with each other. Yeah. And the third is one slightly out there on their own. So the one that's out there on their own is uh, a, a, a company called uh, um, Purple uh, Chatbots. We create chatbots to go on yeah. websites but we don't we, we we white label the back end so that other people can create chatbots okay. and that's called purple-bot.com and our strap line is let us show you our shiny purple bot um okay. and uh, <laughs> and basically it's got examples on there of of them you can play with them in real time yeah. reasons why they're relevant and if anybody's interested please go and check that out purple-bot.com yeah. Now, the next company is called Trust Us To Call, which is, as the name might suggest, a telemarketing agent. So okay. if you have a small team, maybe you've lost members during the pandemic, you have a data list, or maybe you want a data list that represents a certain ideal client avatar, and you want it uh, prosecuted so that you get really good, heavily qualified um, um, meetings booked, we're the team for you. Very small, right. only four people. Yeah. I, when we're full, we're full. At the moment, we've got only two clients. It was very quiet, you can imagine, uh, through yeah. uh, until relatively recently. Yeah, not but many still, people sat in offices answering phones, is there? That's that's the thing. Or at home, even answering no, phones, because uh, most, most people are out walking the dog. Absolutely, it was bizarre yeah. actually. Even though we had direct numbers, people just weren't answering. No. Um, but now it's starting to pick up. and We're doing quite well. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And that kind of works hand in glove with the third company, which I'm best known as, which is Purple Fedora. That's purple-fedora.com. And, yeah. and my email is gareth at purple-fedora.com. 
purple-fedora.com. Now, if anybody goes to purple-fedora.com, you'll see me, you'll see my business partner, Jason, plus you'll see me members of the rest of the team um, mm. there as well. And our role is to enable you to promote yourself better on LinkedIn, not by outsourcing the whole lot. We say about 80% outsourcing. So we still want our clients to have their hand firmly on the tiller. And yeah. I still have catch-up meetings with them twice a month, sometimes uh, once a week, depending on what they want, just to make sure they feel like they're in the, going in the right direction. And, and our focus is to identify all those people that match the kind of ideal client avatar they're looking for, okay. but also to identify where their competitors are and also yeah. find out what the hell they're all talking about. Because the best way to write a post is if it's about a topic that you know people are going to clue into. Yeah, and I think you know you you've touched on something there that I see people underutilize LinkedIn enormously is the ability to research and to search. Uh, yeah, people don't they just go on they either have a rant or they join a conversation or as you say there about positions and jobs and things like that. But very few people use it for any kind of market research. And the search engine sign of LinkedIn is incredible, really, isn't it? You know, there's so much you can do with it. It is very good. Um, it's annoying. And I'm going to say this, and please please don't all suddenly pile in on me. Um, <laughs> I don't like the way LinkedIn is written. I think it's been written in uh, by a geek. Um, yeah. uh, being a geek, I recognize it. I don't think it's friendly enough. The two parts of the system, the navigator and the normal part of the system, don't really talk to each other properly. No. There's no search mechanism so you can search through past messages. It's ridiculous, really. But the thing is, it's a virtual monopoly. And there is nothing else to compare it with. So yeah. therefore, the most important thing you can be doing is working out how to get the best result yeah. out of using that kind of system. And I've made it my personal mission to do exactly that. Yeah, great. My focus is very much on making yourself as effective as you can be without peppering the world with meaningless posts. Yeah, yeah. So if, if I can give you the first tip today. Yes, yeah, please. You don't really need to post more than four or five times in a week. I was speaking to yeah. someone yesterday. She said, I'm just really not getting, I'm really getting fed up with LinkedIn. And I said, why? She said, she, and she's a content creator. So really, yeah. you know, half the problem people have is creating. Content. So yeah, sure. I, I said, why? She said, well, I post four or five times a day and I just don't seem to be getting the kind of results I was expecting. Four, four or five times a day? Yeah. Wow. So I said, I think you've pretty answered the question within your statement. Yeah. You don't need to post that often. It's far better that you actually write comments on other people's posts and yeah. post less. Yeah. So people get to know you for your personality, for the way you react to others, because often that indicates to them how they're going to react, you're going to react to them. Yeah. And that it's not just factual and it's not just frivolous. It needs to be, yeah. it needs to be able to hit all these different bases over a period of time. And you've got to realize that LinkedIn isn't a, um, an overnight success type area. It's, it's not like I suddenly get 5,000 likes and I'm away. It's, it's much more about you steadily build people following your point of view and responding. People who follow you but never respond are not yeah. helpful. It's, yeah. it's the commenters and the people that you can comment back on.
it's, it's interesting you say that because many years ago, um, one of the first things I wanted to outsource was my social media. Uh, and, and I spend probably 30 minutes a day on social media maximum. And people say, how, how do you do that? And I just want to sort of share this with, with you. I'd love to get your perspective on it, but more importantly, share it with listeners, that I realized that the thing I didn't enjoy doing was posting the content. What I love doing is what we're doing now, chatting to people, sharing stories, commenting, you know, giving people a little bit of a poke sometimes. Have you thought about this? What about that? You know, getting people to think of a different perspective. So I decided that I would outsource, and I've got a great team, Ben and Terry, who do it uh, for me now, outsource all the posts so that my 30 minutes a day is on engagement. And that's where my value comes. I don't know what your take is on that. But you know, I'd, I'd rather spend 30, 30 minutes talking to people and chatting to people. Engagement is all. Um, yeah. Putting stuff out there that nobody ever looks at or takes any notice. You might as well be throwing dishwater into the wind. It it, it 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 has no effect on it. It's yeah. only stuff that's that's authentic yeah. and hits some sort of nail on the head that really gets people talking. And that's what you need to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've got uh, some people that I know who they will put a post out there and it will get a like. You might even get a comment. But they're so busy posting stuff they don't thank the person to the like or respond to the comment because they're not seeing that engagement as important. It's just churning out the stuff. Uh, and, you know, some of my best leads have come from people who have liked and shared or put a comment on there because I've said, thank you. That's great. Why do you well, say that? What makes you say enough. that? It's not enough to say thank you. You need to say why. You need to explain. Yeah. You see, it's good point. If you've noticed where people, it really annoys me. Somebody types uh, 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 in some post and then somebody writes, nice post. Yeah. That doesn't help them at all. Yeah. Actually, there are metrics which define how well your post gets seen by the world. Yeah. And they don't help with those metrics. They're looking for more than a couple of words. Yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the ways in which LinkedIn control through their algorithm, as we call it, which is really a series of, of software bots. Yeah. It's they check uh, how long the post is, how many people are tagged into it, and how, pe how many people respond within the first two hours. Two so hours. My, my second yeah. tip is never tag people into a post who won't respond within the first two hours. Oh, Have you ever come across these posts where the entire Western Hemisphere appears to be tagged in? Yes, yes. How annoying yeah. is that? Yeah. Especially when half the time they've tagged you in and you're thinking, why have they tagged me in? I didn't really have any real interest in this. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that? Well, yeah. if you feel you have to do that, and I really don't like that. I think it's horrible. Tag, the, tag 10 people or so in into the main body that you know are going to respond yep. and then tag other people in the first comment because yeah. you won't get measured on the first comment. Good, good tip. Good tip. I'm Good going to tip. give you one more tip. All right. Yep. Then we'll we'll come to the, the final few questions. Then, yeah. Absolutely. That's as you wish. You know, if you I, I, no, no, I, no, give me I a give tip. Out yep. Lots of tips. I'd rather give lots of value exactly. out up front. Exactly. So we appreciate that. Before anybody ever actually interacts with me, they've <laughs> already had decent yep. value. Um. 
I've been talking to a guy, he's retired now, but he, 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 he spends a lot of his time nattering to people in LinkedIn. And he was, and I, and I have a session with him twice a month. He's based in the States, of course, which means my wife is not impressed because it's between nine and 11 that I'm chatting. Um, but he says that the magic number at the moment is 15 likes. Hearts are actually better for somebody. Yeah. 15 comments. Yeah. And most importantly of all, your 15 responses to those comments within the first two hours. Right. Not always achievable. Yeah, that's hard. Absolutely isn't it? not always. Well, yes, absolutely. But um, so, and I've noticed that anything between seven and fifteen seems to have an yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah. Anything more than fifteen doesn't seem to have a notional effect. This is all just done by trial and error. Yeah. So, uh, most important thing is say something, and then make sure you've got a call to action in the post. Yeah. Even if the call to action is, "How does this make you feel?" Yeah. And it's and it sounds like saying something, having that call to action is critical. But it's also important to be there to answer yes. the response. Yes. Because you know why why put a post out there and then walk away from the computer and not go to it for another eight hours? Yeah, I mean, a friend yeah. of mine um, in the autistic, his son, and he's been working with him. Yeah. Uh, in, in his back office or whatever. And so he had a, po- a post on LinkedIn where he was holding arm around it. Look at this great, my son has done so well and and he's a proud member of the company. And of course, he got thousands of responses. Yeah. And I spoke to him. I said, so John, did you get any anything that turned to leads or anything that could be, cons- could be considered business improvement or anything? Yeah. I said, not really. I, one person from Indonesia or it wasn't, it was India, that's right, who, who sent me a message, but, you know, we were, it was very pleasant, and that was about it. And I said, well, how about this? Repost the same message in a couple of months' time. It's enough time for the yeah. LinkedIn memory. <laughs> but this time at the bottom saying something like, would you like to work with a company that makes you feel this way? Yeah, just ask. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> and out of the bottom of that, I think he got 20 or 30 direct responses and i think he ended up with two clients yeah yeah i think so many times we try to be so cryptic in what we do and we just need to simply just ask yes. yeah yeah definitely yes. so i'm going to come back to the to the question then because you know my musical uh, width and breadth doesn't quite stretch to steampunk and it's probably because i've not been exposed to it or come across it but tell the listeners a little bit of how you might describe steampunk? Well, steampunk's not really a musical movement. It's more a, 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 a disenfranchised mass of people who okay. would like to dress better, look better, and be better to each other. And part of the ethos is dressing well. Usually, uh, I'm stuck somewhere in the, in the late 1940s, I would say, in my dress, uh, right. dress sense. A lot of them are Edwardian, a lot of them are Victorian. Oh, so okay. Lots of top hats. Yep. Um, or bowler hats. I'm, I'm never to be seen out. I, I never go outdoors without wearing either a top or, or a bowler. Um, right. I'm always seen that. Um, but more important than that, that's just the way you look. It's more of an aesthetic. But part of it is extreme politeness. 
and I really like that. My wife, so I've only been involved in it as a movement for about eight years, and my wife says I'm much more polite now than I used to be. <laughs> so I thought, see, I missed, I missed that because I thought it was connected to your. Uh, your sort of band days uh, and some evolution no, from that. But no, oh, there you go. Well, and, uh, and, two things I've learned from today's podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there are certain music genres that seem to do well within it. Yeah, yeah. Um, sort of folky stuff does quite well in it. But the the kind of stuff that I perform, because I'm also a musician, yeah, uh, is something called electro swing. Now, electro swing is like 1930s, 1920s, 1930s swing music, Charleston-y kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with an electro four-to-the-floor backbeat to it. Ah, okay. And if anybody wants to check it out, I'm actually involved with a a um, a group of musicians and DJs based in Berlin who come under the guise of electro swing thing. And if they type that into Google, they'll find Electro come up. swing thing. Yes, and I'm I'm down as one of the one of the performers that is ah. licensed. I did this for a specific reason. During pandemic, I was performing quite a lot online, and if you perform, and I'm a, I'm a percussionist, so I, t I was yeah. playing over the top of other people's work. And if you do that, if you're not careful, you either get banned or muted or, or whatever it is. So yeah. I thought I need to be licensed to perform over stuff. And I like this kind of stuff. I got in touch with Wolfgang Lua, who runs the label. And I said, listen to what I'm doing. He liked it. He featured me on a, on a few records. And, so on. and then I'm now licensed to perform over anything they remix. So gotcha. it, it, there's lots of free music on that site as well. So go and listen. Yeah. It's all, all right. great fun. Electro swing thing. There you yes, go. It's very upbeat. Um, yeah. Very positive. Uh, there's no breakup song. Right. Great. <laughs> great. Great. No breakup songs. I like that. So you've given us so much to take away. I want to come to the, to the final question, Gareth, uh, to wrap this up. So if you're going to have your uh, next Kenyan Peaberry, is that the right Kenyan one? Kenyan Peaberry. That's yep. It. Yes. Yep. If you're having that next dream coffee and you're, and you mentioned um, audio as well, doing um is it? I mean, do you do audio yeah. books and things like? I, I, um, as the, the listeners yeah. may have come realised, I've got a certain voice, and yeah. I can modify it to do other varieties of voices as well. And I read audio books. Right. Initially, it was within the steampunk. So, ah, um, okay. but more recently, it's been anthologies of poetry. And at the moment, I'm 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 ninety percent the way through um, a fifty-one chapter book which is quite a long one wow. uh which is actually a thriller uh called the black uh the black candles killing yeah okay great well so i'm asking this question then so you can either be listening to it or you can be reading it but if you were having that coffee what would be your favorite publication or book or something that you would read or something you would listen to what this, who, and who this, would it be by is, here's the interesting thing is i don't read i li listen to audiobooks yeah me too um uh, i uh, since my eyes started going squiggly which was a few yeah. years back i've got astigmatism quite strong astigmatism it makes you really sleepy to read i used yeah. to love reading i used to read like but um 
What would be your favourite? Well, I like anything written by Stephen Fry. Ah, okay. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I find his his books not only uh, uh, amusing but rereadable. You know, you know, so many books you read them once and you never feel like you never read them. Yeah, yeah. Need to read them again. And I've read each of each of his works yeah. more than one occasion. And, and he's very very popular and very well thought of um, on Audible as well, isn't he? You see a lot of his uh, Audible only uh, publications on there as well. So. Oh uh, yeah, I, and. Uh, and I like the fact that he doesn't take himself seriously. Yes. Um, I mean, amusing enough, uh, listeners may re- not realise this. He hates people who are who are grammar Nazis. He thinks that language is an evolving thing. So worry, one should spend less time worrying about the exact placement of a comma or a semicolon, <laughs> and more time about spending working out which kind of coffee you're going to have. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that sounds good. Perfect. So you've given us coffee. You've given us some great lessons, some a LinkedIn masterclass. I think listeners here, you agree. I've got a new definition of steampunk, and I certainly, for me, Can I give know. You a new word. I invented a new word recently. Oh, go on then. And this, you can take this away with you. Yep. Given the fact that humans now don't have any patience for anything. Yep. When I was a kid, I used to get on the 33 bus and I met Caroline, who was my girlfriend there. We used to hold hands for six stops and she would get off and we would write it. You remember there used to be these white postcards you could send through the mail and yeah. I was, we would write little love notes to each other and wait three days for it to come. Oh, I couldn't wait to read it. Now, if I don't answer my wife's text within the first 30 <laughs> seconds, the world falls in. Yeah. So so in that in that measure, the word I invented is we live in the Tinderverse. And the Tinderverse is you only got about three to four seconds to read a LinkedIn profile before people go flip and swipe yeah. left or swipe up. I, I know they're swiping. In, but, yeah, yeah. But the point is, in the Tinderverse, don't leave bread. Make it absolutely clear how you can help someone. Hmm. Don't don't be mysterious. You mentioned before people love being mysterious about stuff. Don't do that. Don't do that. Say what it is you can do to help them. Right on the yeah. profile. Make be sure clear. your profile from the banner downwards. It's nice and obvious. Mission yeah. statement. Tell them what you can do to help them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Tinderverse. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Listeners, you've had an absolute masterclass there. Gareth, thank you so much for giving your time and for getting on top of the the technical issues that we had at the beginning of this and for sharing anything to do with fedoras is always a good one for me as well so uh, listeners you know where to go you know how to reach out it's been an absolute pleasure thank you sir and as you know listeners any reviews you leave would always be appreciated please tell us what you thought of today's episode please reach out to gareth you've got all the details they'll be in the show notes but most importantly do something with what you've heard today. Do something this week and then let us know what difference that's made. The best way you can respect the time we've given you today as you listen to this is to tell us what you did with what you heard. That would make our days much, much more pleasurable. And I think that would even fit with the steampunk ethos as well. Remember, so be of polite kindness. to each other as well. Be polite yeah. to each other. Be polite to each other. There you go. Absolutely perfect. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. 
thank you for listening. Don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.